most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins, and we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The first reading this morning is from the Old Testament book of Isaiah, chapter 61. These words of the Lord proclaim the work of the Eternal Son, and these words also serve as the basis for today's sermon. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast." The word of the Lord. Do you remember Christmas? It seems like it was forever ago, doesn't it? But the reality is it was only a month in the past. But all the parties are done. You're, you're not traveling anymore for the family get-togethers. The, the giving and receiving of gifts is, is past the time. All those preparations that you made for parties and gatherings and even for special services like we had here at Grace are all completed and already have been enjoyed. And now you're back to regular life. You're back in school. You're back at the workplace, you have the same old deadlines, the same to-do lists, the same troubles and stresses. The news hasn't changed all that much, politics is still politics. The only thing that maybe has changed is that now the, the weather is bitter cold and you're dealing with snow on the streets and on your sidewalks. Do you still remember the joy of Christmas though? Or what about for those of you who maybe made a, a New Year's resolution? It's day 27. How are you doing? Are you still on, on goal or on task to complete that goal, whatever it might be, to make some big, important change in your life? Or have you already given up and thrown it into the box with all the rest of the unfinished goals that you've had in the past? Think about this for a moment. If we're so quick and, and can so easily forget about the simple joy of Christmas, isn't it just as easy to forget the more tremendous joy of Jesus Christ? 
And if we're so quick to, to forget and to give up on these important changes that we want to make in our lives and just be done with them, isn't it just as easy to overlook or ignore the, the even more important changes that Jesus has made for you in your life? You see, that's the challenge of the Christian life. So often we get so wrapped up into the routine of this life that we lose sight of Jesus and who he really is and what that means. And so today we hear this very important reminder, maybe if you're hearing it for the first time, we hear this important insight as to why Jesus actually came, what his purpose was. And it's an important thing for us to hear because too often we get wrapped up in the daily struggle against temptations and living in a world that is less than perfect. And so today we are reminded as we continue this season of epiphany, this season of revealing who Jesus really is, we are reminded of the purpose that Jesus came. He came with a transformative mission to carry out. A mission of changing your heart and life. Now back in the 60s, there was a television show that was fairly popular um, that it's actually been remade into blockbuster movies uh, more recently. It was the show Mission Impossible. You've probably seen it or heard of it at least. Well, many of these, these shows and these movies start in very similar fashion. The leader of the IMF, the Impossible Missions Force, receives this pre-recorded uh, message. And the message often goes like this. Good morning, Mr. Briggs or Mr. Hunt. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, and then goes on to briefly describe whatever the mission is for, for that episode. And at the end of this, this recording, it says, this message will self-destruct in five seconds. But the mission is laid out. The mission that that hero is going to accomplish throughout the, the plot of that show. These words that we have before us from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, kind of remind me of that scene. The Lord God lays out the mission for his anointed servant, the one that he has chosen and set aside for a special purpose. Now, thankfully, this message did not self-destruct so that we could still have it today to hear it and reflect on it. But that message and that mission is summarized very simply in the, in the very first sentence. That mission is to proclaim good news to the poor. To proclaim good news to the poor. Now just think about that. For, for people who are hurt and lost, who are despairing and hopeless, there is nothing that is more uplifting and, and needed than a message of good news. For the patient who has battled cancer, there is no greater news than a doctor coming into that office one day and saying, you are cancer-free. That is a message that causes that person to rejoice. Or for the parent who is worried over their adult child who has moved away and is now living somewhere else, but that place suffered a natural disaster, there is nothing more important than a simple text that comes across as a message that says, I'm safe. I'm okay. Or for any of those federal government workers who have been without a job and a paycheck over the last month, maybe you being one of them, there is nothing greater to hear than this past weekend, then the shutdown is over. I mean, you get this. When we are in troubling situations, we long to hear that there is good news, that there is relief, that there is something different than the situation that we are in. 
And that's the very mission that God set before His called servant, His anointed one. This mission to go and to proclaim that there is something different. There is good news for the poor. Now, if we're really going to understand this mission, we have to start by understanding who he means by the poor. God does not mean the poor here as those who are economically or monetarily poor, who don't have wealth in this world. Rather, he's talking about the spiritually poor. He's talking about people who are lacking in a relationship with God. People like you and me. People like every person in this world. It's every person who is confronted with the demands of a holy God and and feel the stinging slap of his law. It's people who are burdened and stricken in their consciences by their guilt. It's as Isaiah describes in the words before us today, it's people whose hearts are broken because of a bad relationship with God and other people. Captives who are hopelessly trapped in a dungeon of wickedness and this endless cycle of sin and immorality. It's prisoners who are bound up by Satan and his damning influence. That the people who are poor are those who are filled with lust and anger and greed and jealousy and anger. People like you and me who should have no future but death. And I get it, that's a hard thing for us to wrap our heads around. To accept. To acknowledge. It's a hard truth. And when we're confronted with this reality, we, we, we strive to find joy again, to try to, to bring joy into our lives. We strive to make changes in our lives that will fix the problem and bring us to the Lord, but we find ourselves stumbling and failing and falling. And we don't want to embrace that. The truth is, God doesn't want you to have to embrace that either. And so for you, the spiritually poor... The Lord sends His anointed one to proclaim good news. And here's the good news. The good news is that the Lord binds up and heals your broken heart with the peace of His forgiveness, free and full. That the Lord comes and removes the burden of your conscience as He takes away all of your guilt. Taken away, you can let go of it all and leave it at the cross. That the Lord comes and He breaks the chains that have bound you, those chains of Satan's lies, so that no longer do you need to be a captive to sin. You are set free. He comes and He proclaims the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. Yes, the Lord is so serious over sin and does punish those who reject His presence and His grace. But God's favor, that grace and love for you is so overwhelming. He pours it into your life to show you the love and the forgiveness and the peace that God has with you. That is the good news that God's anointed one comes to proclaim to you still today. And it's a message when we know this peace and this victory and this joy that the Lord has and gives to us. It's a message that truly changes our hearts and lives. The way we live and the way we look at this world. 
And it shows in, the, in Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3 as Isaiah describes these, these new transformations that take place in our life that no longer do we need to heap the ashes of sorrow upon us. But instead, God now puts the crown of beauty on your head, this crown of victory that you get to wear. No longer do we need to mourn over the troubles of this life. But God pours over you the soothing and fragrant oil of joy. No longer does your spirit need to despair to things of this life. But instead, God wraps you up and clothes you in a garment of praise as we rejoice over the new life that God gives to us. That is the good news that He proclaims in our hearing today. And that is the good news that He wants us to cling to. But how can we know that this good news is the reality for us? How can we know that we have gone from, from sinners to saints, that we have moved over from death to life because everything within me and everything around us in the world tells us something different? How can we know that this really is the good news that we need? We'll look to the one who comes to proclaim it. Because the one who comes to proclaim this good news is the very one who has secured the freedom and the forgiveness and the life and the joy that that good news proclaims. The opening verses of Isaiah 61 are words that speak directly about that coming Savior, about the Lord Jesus. They say, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me. The Lord here is giving His people a little bit of a glimpse of that Savior that He promised was going to come and what He would do. And as we heard in the Gospel read from Luke chapter 4 today, we see Jesus coming onto the scene and affirming that these words are fulfilled in Him. Jesus went into that synagogue in Nazareth and just like we heard these words of Isaiah read in our hearing today, Jesus read it to the people gathered there. And he, he set the scroll to the side. He sat down. That's how they preached then. And he said these words. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is one of those mic drop moments in Jesus' ministry. Boom. Here. Now. In your hearing before your eyes is the fulfillment of God's promise to send the Savior. Jesus is the anointed one, the Messiah, the one set apart by God to come and to carry out this mission of proclaiming the good news that you and I so desperately need to hear, that God loves us and forgives us. And Jesus not just proclaimed it, but He secured it by living the perfect life that nobody else has ever lived. And even when He is being challenged and rejected and people wanting to throw Him off a cliff, He obeyed His Lord perfectly and loved one, everyone with compassion. And He gave up that one perfect life this world has ever seen on a cross to pay the price for the sins of a whole world of people who still reject Him and turn from Him and want nothing to do with Him. He died to pay the price for their sins, for your sins. And we know that God accepts it. That He takes it as a payment for your sins because He rose Him up from the dead to give Him life that we can have life. 
See, this is the good news that Jesus comes to proclaim as our Savior, the one that God has sent to proclaim this still today. Good news that changes the way we live our lives and view this world because we have a relationship with God free from sin and death. And the Lord God takes that message of good news and he puts it right here in your heart. And that good news takes root and it grows. And that's how Isaiah describes it here. He says, They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. God takes that good news. He takes that message. He puts it right here in your heart. And then he gets to work. After he plants that seed, God comes and he does the gardening in your life. And he he gardens in that so that this, this plant message of good news can grow into a faith and into a tree. And so God, he tills the soil around this message with, the, with his word and his promises. And he waters it with the waters of baptism, washing away, making you clean. And he nourishes that faith with his very own body and blood that he gives for us in, in Lord's Supper. And the thing is that what we find is when we, when we are surrounded by this gospel message, this good news and word and sacrament, when we spend time with God and his word, if it causes that, that good news to take root and to grow roots that find themselves going deeper and deeper into Christ Jesus. That they can be strong and grounded in Him. And He uses this picture of this oak tree. And oak trees are, are some of the most sturdy, strong trees around. And they have this root system that goes deep into the ground and they can withstand so much. And God says, you... You are an oak of righteousness because out of that faith sprouts up this sturdy, strong life in Christ that flourishes in righteousness. No longer a rotten tree that is falling down because of our selfishness, but a a life that is lived, that is changed and transformed in Jesus. A solid life that can withstand the the battering that we take in this world and any kind of climate that we have, the scorching light of temptations and the, the whipping wind of, the, of Satan and his lies, we stand strong in Christ. And if you can picture with me a beautiful summer garden, I know it's hard to picture a beautiful summer garden when it's negative 20 out and snowy, but picture it. It might warm you up too. But if you can picture this beautiful summer garden, it reflects the work of the gardener who put in so much work and effort to make that garden beautiful. And God, by planting in you this, this faith and letting it sprout into this righteous oak, He does it so it can display His glory, His splendor in your life. As your life is transformed to live for others and for your Lord. You see, this is why Jesus came. Jesus came to fulfill the mission that God set before him to proclaim this good news that changes your hearts and the way you live your life. Jesus came to proclaim the good news of of change, that you have gone from a sinner to a saint, that you have moved from death to life, that you no longer belong to Satan, but belong to the Lord God, and that you have more to look forward to than just this world. You have eternal life in heaven waiting for you as God's dear child. This is the good news that Jesus came to proclaim. This is why Jesus came. This is what Jesus does and Christ alone does. 
And so when life gets hard, when your plans don't always go the way that you expect or want, when you are worn out, tired, and weary, burdened with guilt, struggling with sin, come back to the one who proclaims the good news. Come back and hear the message that changes your heart, your attitude, your life. Come back to Jesus. And there you find real joy and real change in your life. This message will never change, and thank God for that, but is a message that will change you forever. Jesus is that anointed one who has come for you to carry out this transformative mission in your life. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you.